Boom! What's going on, guys? Energy News Rant here on the Oil & Gas Podcast via the world's greatest website, oilandgas360.com. Coming at you here on this gorgeous Monday, uh, November 9th, 2020. Time stands at about 5.50 uh, a.m. And before we go any further, Stu, we have to say Dow Jones is up 1,500 points off the back of a COVID, a possible uh, uh, Pittsburgh COVID-19 vaccine. Holy smokes, Stu, are you going to be one of the 25 million people that hop in line for this thing? I guess it's 90% effectacy. Uh, I ain't taking it. <laughs> You're going to wait for a couple of rolls. Well, that is the International Man of Mystery and Director and Publisher of the World's Greatest Website, OilAndGas360.com. Stuart Turley, I am your humble correspondent, Michael Tanner. We will be coming at you today. Really, we're, we're, we're going to cover one big thing. Uh, it's pretty clear now. If you look at the betting markets, uh, you're, you actually can't gamble on President uh, uh, President Trump winning the election in 2020. So we're going to go ahead and as, a, as the trader in me, I'm calling it for Biden. If you can't gamble on the other side, I don't know if we can really do that. But you interesting to see a lot of this stuff plays out. But I think we need to dive into the energy policy that's going to roll out because I, I think it's pretty interesting. I think if you... I think depending on where you get your news from, I think you have it. You you will have a very interesting view about how a Democratic or specifically a Biden administration how that's going to affect the oil patch. And I think there's there's some conflicting news. So me and Stu are going to sit there and parse that out. There's there's a couple little small stories we have to go to. Stu's going to have to have a little party here. He predicted Libya was going to pass a million barrels, even the 1.2. They're about ready to do that. So we'll have a little party for them. Bonanza Creek gets in and creates probably the biggest DJ, uh, pure DJ player right now, buying high point resources for about 365 million once they close chapter 11 bankruptcy Lilith energy finally gets liquidated we'll cover all that stuff but first guys the show is brought to us by the world's greatest website oilandgas360.com which is the place for all of your energy news whether it's merger and acquisitions um, whether it's energy tech whether it's finance whether it's earnings season we just went through earnings season on top of an election guys holy smokes we were never busier on the news desk check everything out www.oilandgas360.com check out our 360 news desk which is you know where you can find this show every single you can also find this show on youtube subscribe 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 do whatever make the algorithms go nuts um we're also on rumble by the way i don't know if anyone's listening on rumble email me i'm interested so if you're if you can hear this on rumble email me mtannerintercominc.com i don't know why those i I, we're gonna figure that out Stu. i promise you we're gonna figure out what's going on um but you know, speaking of Stu, he is also he runs a podcast called the Energy um, Three Sixty Podcast Maker, which is really turning into to probably the industry thought leadership podcast out there. We have so many great guests. We we've got a busy week coming up. We've got two. We've got Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, right? Oh, you bet. Um, we've got uh, quite a few of them rolling out here. Um, let's it's CyberX get- today. CyberX is a cybersecurity company, which oh. is it just got bought by Microsoft. And, let me tell you, I did. I mean, I, I'm a software guy because I'm a little younger than you, Stu. Like, you grew up in the hardware business and you grew up in the hardware era where everything was how do we make it as mechanical as possible? Well, I'm in the software side. Everything they try to do now is so I, I understand the security side of well, how do you lock up a, a cloud data? Not, not how, I don't know that, but why you do that, the different ways you do it. You know, I had no idea the, the physical hardware that actually and the hardware that's in the oil and gas that needs to have some sort of security it's unbelievable to listen to this interview oh it, it, it's absolutely nutty um but uh just to give you a little bit of a correction i have grown up in a little bit of the software and hardware uh i was able to uh just 
pummel Microsoft in their uh, early days of uh, NT uh, in their servers and uh, actually made Bill Gates extremely mad when I met him because I was pummeling his uh, organization. So, to be fair, you were also at the invention of fire, so you've been around for pretty much every major invention <laughs> of all time. Um, uh, but no, I do think that story is hilarious about Bill Gates. I don't think most people can actually say you've made Bill Gates mad. Oh, I did. Uh, he was not happy with me. Big vein going across the forehead. So that's, but CyberX, that's today. Um, yeah. Tomorrow's who? Resfrac. And then we have Mark Mills, who is a uh, absolute stunning, brilliant man on the minerals and uh, uh, features of what's required in solar uh, and all of the renewable energies. I did not know. He's about. uh He's he's a he's a he's a co-advisor and in a, and and a partner over at uh, this place called Cottonwood Venture Partners, which is uh, Cottonwood Ener- uh, Venture Partners, which is an uh, energy tech um, VC fund in. Uh, in I think they're based out of Houston. Or I don't know. They're based out of somewhere in Texas, but they do a lot of energy tech and a lot of clean tech, which is which is really cool. Turn your virtual background off, by the way, Stu. You're killing us. Virtual background. My your uh, green screen's looking terrible today. Oh, let me figure that out. But uh, we, we also have different lists. I'm looking at a different list of what we have rolling out. The point is, on this podcast, we've got stuff lined up. we also got Data Gumbo that we're lining up to drop. We love those guys. Uh, you'll be hearing more from us and Data Gumbo soon. So the point is, just subscribe to that podcast, iTunes, Spotify. You can also find that um, on the world's greatest website, oilandgas360.com. All right. Um... Let's do, let's just knock off a couple of these stink, things, dude. Let's have this little, uh, we, we, we got to have a little celebration for you. You, you called this two weeks ago. The, the, the rumor was Libya by end of 20, you know, quarter one, 2021, they were supposed to do one point, about a million barrels. You yeah. up front before there, there's been multiple stories that have chunked out in between the original when you, when you made your statement and now. Libya's officially now passed a million barrels on to 1.3 by the end of the year. You were even on the low side because you were 1.2. Well, here's the thing. Um, I called it six months ago when Libya asked Turkey and they were going to pay them more. uh, They're going to split their profits more because they were only doing 90,000 barrels per day production uh, after Muammar Gaddafi in 2011 just took them out. And so then I called it six months ago because of the Turkey-Libya relationship. We need a fact checker. We need someone to like, bring the tape. This is where we need to, this is where we actually need a producer and like, pull the tape up. Because I don't remember that. But I'll believe you. Oh, I I got the, I got all this pile of notes over here and studying. And, and so it went from Libya to Turkey fighting over the uh, Mediterranean Sea and uh, all of the natural gas out there. And Libya could not have brought it back online without Turkey's help. We found out that Turkey was needing money just as bad as Libya because they were broke. The only reason Turkey was keeping afloat was they were betting currency. I guess they were betting blockchain. I have no idea. But they were so in broke, they were going to go in bed with anybody in order to get cash flow. So... Here we are. Everybody else, like calling the election and everything else, they were saying that Libya 
uh, was not going to hit uh, 1.2, 1.3 until next year in the Q1. And I'm like, timeout. They need cash bad. And that, Michael, brings us back to one other thing. And I'll, I'll get off my uh, congratulatory pat myself on the back. And that is poor old folks at OPEC. You know, uh, don't hurt yourself. Don't hurt yourself patting yourself on the back. <laughs> I, I just broke my arm. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I feel sorry for the folks at OPEC. <laughs> They're doing the best they can. And they have all these people that need cash. They are baroque. And so they're willing to sell oil uh, below production cost just to keep their dang um, trying to get cash. Well, yeah, because if you have revenue coming in the door, you can pay interest payments so you can take out some loans. I mean, it's a sick cycle you can get yourself on. Um, There's a bunch of them. Speaking of OPEC. Your uh, your Russian OPEC negotiator is now the deputy prime minister. Did you see that? Yeah, I have to call. What are your him. thoughts on that? Um, uh, besides being inbred, uh, I'll tell you, it's going to be interesting. I'll have to call. Him. <laughs> besides being inbred, yeah, I mean, you could probably say that. But it's it's just interesting. He's been their lead OPEC negotiator. He now becomes their deputy prime minister. I don't know. What's the sentiment around him? Was he a, a, a pro-negotiation oil guy for the world? Was he more of a Putin guy? behind? I mean, that's what I see. You get promoted to deputy prime minister. That means you're at, you know, you're, you're, you're in the good old boys club. Let's do a little uh, international man of mystery thing going on here. Mm. Putin had some health problems. Um, he is pro-Russia first. He is very much like Donald Trump, America first. He's Russia first. We need to do a fact check, but the uh, GDP of Russia is so high, I'm going to have to fact check myself, but it's between 25 and 30%. Whatever that number is, it's extremely high. And, you know, you and I have talked, they're bringing in a uh, nuclear uh, reactor, n- nuclear powered ice breakers in order to keep their fossil fuels alive out of the Arctic. They've also had the biggest spill. Why would you not just go to nuclear, full nuke? Why would you, why would you not just say we're going to produce all energy via nuclear? Because there's more money in oil. It's true. Because uh, you, you can't up. sell nuke. you can't. Because the thing with nuclear is you can't house it. Once you've produced the energy, you have to send it somewhere, right? You can't, uh, like, store yeah. nu- nuclear and You know what I mean? It has to be dissipated, right? Oh, yeah. You have to go through it. But I, I'm a big nuclear fan. And there, I know. That's why I asked. There, there's a new set of organizations I'm trying to get some interviews with, and they have created uh, many nuclear reactors that can go up kind of like, uh, you know, uh, homes that are prefab built and they just come in and drop it and i mean it is like there's some cool technology oh i'm sure there's some cool stuff out there i, I got some other stuff uh when you start going through your rant on uh uh the next segment uh i got some world leaders that are already thinking that things are done and i have world leaders that think that the courts are going to take uh, action so i <laughs> Don't get me started, Stu. Don't get me started yet. We got a couple things we got to cover here. Um, Before that, Bonanza Creek. um, You know, this dropped this morning on the terminal. Bonanza Creek, as you know, if you're a follower of our show, back when we used to have a fund, we we, kind of shut that down. Too too much work going on. We started, we're just doing too much business over here, folks. We don't need a fund. 
We're slinging too much product. Um, Bonanza Peak, they were one of our staple, staple funds. And and some of our staple positions. Mostly because no debt. And I just, you know, if you have no debt, you can probably make some cash in this time frame. They go out, High Point Energy declares bankruptcy a couple months ago. After closing, Banana Creek's going to buy them up. I got a couple people that work over at High Point. I was actually talking about the guy. We were talking, me and my friend were out this week. We were talking about the guy who we know that works at High Point. Terrible baseball player. Cost me a World Series ring. Cost me a fall World Series ring. And they only get bought for $370 million? Ugh. Kills me. He's, he's the guy, though. He's the guy. He's actually the- a production manager. He's a good cat. Tim Brown, if you're listening, I love you. Still wish you would have not given up that dinger. Um, but uh, I, I like I like this deal. I mean, like, this drop maybe. I mean, we're sitting here. It's five fifty three. This this deal maybe happened an hour ago. It it got dropped. I think if you're Bonanza Creek, the fact is that you're going to be able to you raise an equity for this. So the, the kind of the, the the right after this to give you an idea. So here's the, you know, this news drops. Boom! All of a sudden. Bonanza Creek's going to issue 9.8 million shares of new common stock, or about 100 million. So they're able to fund this deal with cash, take on no debt for this deal, and buy some assets. Now, you know what this probably means. Every, all, my, my, all my friends over at High Point, eh, it's probably not going to look good over there. Because if you're able to buy these assets with all cash, Bonanza Creek has shown to their investors, yo, we're gonna, we are going to self-fund everything. Well, they're not going to have duplicate jobs. You don't need you don't need six resident four engineers to tell you that you probably shouldn't be drilling for the next six months. You can just hire me. I'll tell you that for half the cost. Yeah, we'll just wait six months. Let's not drill. Oops. So, so uh, um, you know, I think that you know when you so that's you know, the, that's the unfortunate side, and we always have to cover it with M and A's. The way you know, and and I covered it. You know, I'm going to drop an article on 360 this morning about you read all of these merger and acquisitions calls. There, there, there's two main themes. One, ESG. You hear all the how we're going to. This is going to improve our ESG moving forward. And number two, Stu, is this idea of cost savings. Oh, we're going to have so much cost savings due to synergies. Well, that's just code for we just don't need two people to do one job. Now, there's also things like what my article is going to talk about is how do you get into, okay, when you can't, because you can only cut GNA so much. There's only so much, you know, random overhead. There's only so much duplication you can do. What happens when you move beyond that? And now you need to get into stuff like looking at your LOEs. How do you reduce that? And there's some really interesting things you can do around that. So we'll be dropping a really cool article on that today um, about how to, you know, how, how are some of the, you know, how is, you know, Parsley, for example. And, and and Pioneer, they come out and say $425 million by 2021 of cost reductions. What? Where's that coming from? And it, they obviously have an idea. And so the question is, where is all that coming? Because that's not just GNA. That's not just overhead. That's not just, they've got a, they've got a couple extra Microsoft subscri- Microsoft Office subscriptions at 12 bucks uh, a hey, pop. Michael, those are coming from non-GAAP. <laughs> yeah, that's a, it's a non-GAAP, but they had to sit down and calculate that stuff. So what are they thinking? You know what I mean? And I, and a lot of people they get into, so it, you're right. It's non-GAAP, but we'll see. Um, anything on this deal, Stu? I like this. I mean, from a investor standpoint, I like this deal. I think if you, 
If you're an investor in Bonanza Creek, you like this. I think if you're a shareholder in High Point, this is probably the best bang for your buck. If you're a High Point employee, probably not the best outcome. Probably would have been better to restructure. I really like the management of both companies. And uh, both of them have very nice websites. And uh, so it's a... The best! The best. They have some best uh, good good websites. Our buddies over in Aircom did all that. And I guarantee you that they are good people. You and I have said good management, good numbers. And oh, but Hansel Creek's a great company. I I love this deal. I, for I, them, I really like uh, both companies, and I think the folks over at Intercom have done a fantastic job with their branding. So, yeah. I think so. Everything oil and gas websites, intercominc.com. We gotta drive some traffic there. We're looking at their hits for that website. I'm like, whoo, whoo. Um <laughs> What else, Stu? I'm seeing Nigeria producing 155 million barrel. I'm just trying to stall before we I get heated about politics. Um Nigeria's producing 155 uh, million barrels of oil in the next three months, and there's over six hundred companies bidding on it. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, I put that out yesterday, and it's like the next round of uh, big – I mean, they're going nutty on that. And but, what is, but what does that mean? I thought they have a national oil company. They do. Or do they contract it all out? They don't have the resources to do it. So you have Shell, you have a couple of the other majors that are – uh, in there and and it makes sense to outsource on these big rigs michael because i would rather that's smarter i'd rather take profit and not have all the employees in that day and then just have a stranglehold on whoever doesn't do it you know uh, there's a lot to be said for contracting now no i love contractors i'm a born and bred contractor myself um yeah. i just uh yeah it's my green screen too so it's not just you Getting, getting some interference here. Yeah, who knows? Live! We're not really live, but I don't cut this up because it's just not how I do things. Um, Before we dive into politics, I think that's really interesting about Nigeria. That's some good work. Um, the problem is it's all international. I mean, internationally, we'll continue to see activity. Whether we'll see it in the U.S., I don't know. I, 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 I don't know. Um, I'm I'd rant. be remiss... If we didn't talk about, I mean, oil, as, as we're sitting here, Stu, I woke up this morning, oil was at 38.50. I sit down in my chair, turn on CNBC, and I got Jim Cramer falling out of the seat because he's about to take a vaccine from Pittsburgh. And oil's sitting at 40, 45 right now, up nine whole percentage points. Woo, I'd have been loved, I'd love being on the right side of that trade. The problem is, you know who's, the, the problem is, the, the street is what I would call professional investors. They've been short. Which is interesting. The retail investor was long because expecting. That's what's interesting. The retail investor gets lucky, buys this deal, makes money. The the the, the institutional investor or the street, they've been short just because they think round two's come. You see what I mean? It's just hilarious how these cycles work. But I mean, we're back up at forty dollar oil. Are we oh, gonna yeah. see some? Which between me and you, it's a great time to short. If if you're ever looking at time to get short oil. In the next two to three months, get yourself a futures brokerage account. This is not, We don't give investment advice on this show, but if you were to, if I were to give any advice, it probably would be go get yourself a futures account, throw a couple hundred bucks in it, look at January, February, March oil options, maybe buy some puts. 
I don't know. I don't, it's just, I don't know. We don't give investment advice. It's just shows for entertainment purposes only. And boy, it's neither Stuart, Neither Stuart Turley or I invest for our own uh, in, invest any of these stuff. Well, that's maybe a lie, but you get what we mean. We're not investment managers. We do it for we our don't own fun. Tell anybody else what to do. Yeah, but if I did, I'd look. I'd look. I, I would look, <laughs> and I would look because I think this is. You're telling me oil should be forty. <laughs> oil stocks are still going up, Stu. This is an artificial increase off the fact that we have a vaccine. Well, have a, there's fifty million copies of this. As the news is, you only get two. You have to get two of them three weeks apart. So there's only twenty five million. As Stu said, he's not taking it. Then again, Stu wasn't really quarantining himself anyway. Either was I. So we're not even in the people that are going to use this. So we've already, our demand's already been working. So it's uh, just. I had it. Exactly. So the point is, buy the rumor. If you didn't buy the sell the news, people. Sell the news. When, when, when this actually, we got the pits for, the, the, you know why they announced this this morning? So the pits for CEO could go on CNBC. I got to listen to this dude talk to me about how 90% effective. Hey, what about the conspiracy theory folks that say it's going to change your DNA and you're going to grow a third arm? <laughs> I'd be down at this point. I'd be down. I would I would be interested. <laughs> Those are conspiracy theory folks, and I'm not sure that I buy into that. It's going to change your DNA. You're now an alien. I don't know what that is. It'd be kind of sweet, though. Yeah. I, I, there would be some changes I'd be interested in. I'm just waiting for Elon Musk to come out with Neuralink. When can I just plug in and in 15 minutes learn Spanish? Like, uh, come on, it's uh, it's almost 2021. Uh, kind of like the Matrix years ago. Yeah. Or like, uh, I, when can I upload my consciousness and then just live in a robot so I don't die? I can fly the Huey. Get out of town. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so... It, 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 I, I, I'd give you levels, guys, but I'm short. I, I, I'm telling you, I I, 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 I think this is going to be a, a rock up. You know, we're sitting here now, 40-45, holy smokes. Here's some levels for you, all right. I, if we're going to be trading the $40 range, let's go back to our old levels. We like 40, we like 40, 62, we like 41, 36, we like 41, 87. That's, that's bullish upside for me. That's extremely bullish up. And on the downside, 39.15, 38.72. Those are really our caps. Wet spot between 39 and 45 and 40.45, excuse me. That $1.50 wet spot, as I like to call it. It's slippery. Nowhere to stop it. We'll see what happens there. That you, you, uh, you still have wet the bed? No, I don't. <laughs> but I do have to wake up like four or five times to use the bathroom. So if I slept through the night, I might. Well, inside baseball. <laughs> yeah, talk about inside baseball. Um, uh, all right. I, I think there's a pretty big chunk. You know, I think it'd be irresponsible of me to give you straight up levels other than the fact that my bias, every trade I'm going to get into. Oh, see, again, if we're talking about micro trading, which is day-to-day, intraday, day trading, I'll probably be long today. Might as well. Dow future. I mean, you might as well. Today, you're probably long if you're trading on a day trade. If we're talking on a swing trade, where do I think oil is going to be? Uh, global oil stocks have never been higher. I'm buying long-term put options on oil. And going up. Yeah, they're only getting cheaper. I might wait a couple days, buy these options. But we don't give investment advice. 
tanker rates have never been lower. You and I. We need to, we, we, we need to get a tanker. <laughs> if anybody is interested who's listening to this, if anybody on Rumble is listening to this and wants to buy an oil tanker with us, email me, mtanner.com. <laughs> we'll, we will get it on this tanker and we will... We'll take it up the Mississippi and have parties on it. Yes, exactly. It's the new version of Redneck Yacht Club. <laughs> Oil Fueled Yacht Club. Quack. All right. We got to do it, Stu. We have to, unfortunately, talk politics. So, if you don't want to hear any politics, you can just shut it off now, and we'll see you guys this afternoon for the Energy News Beat. If you dare go. to stay around and hear politics, <sighs> Unfortunately, we're sitting here on... I'm going to get airsick during this segment, so if you see me uh, hurling <laughs> into the trash can, just you know, keep going. It's okay. Well, I, I hate flying myself, so we're at, this is a road trip, so we're actually driving. Oh, okay. Just let me know when you need to stop and take a leak out the side, because I might. Um, this ain't no leak. This is barf. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, it, it takes no introduction. I follow the betting markets. You can't bet on President Trump winning in 2021 or winning this election. So for all intents and purposes, Joe Biden is going to probably going to be the next president. And I think the, the, the narrative has moved from, okay, last week was who's actually going to win this to now, what does this administration, this new administration that's coming, what does this mean for the energy industry? Because I think there's, I think there's a couple narratives yeah i think there's some right narratives i think there's some wrong narratives i think there is i I don't know if there's an answer because i don't know if we actually know we we've heard different things from joe biden we we if you remember early on in the primaries what did we hear from him Stu? we heard i'm not going to ban fracking this was in the primary he was taking a middle of the road stance as he was running against all of his more liberal and then as he moved into the, the general, what happened? He, he His energy policy moved more towards the left. And as we covered a couple weeks ago, was that to sure up his own base? Or is it because he actually believes that? And I don't know if I know either of those answers. But before we dive into this, Stu, give me your thoughts. What do you have? You know, Biden, you know, you know if President Biden, I know you're skeptical, whatever. Um, if <laughs> if he takes office, what's the, are you... What does this mean? Is there any meaningful change in your eyes in the oil industry is going to see? Uh, I don't think he knows. And um, you have uh, the left wing folks that are already mad with him. And unfortunately, Biden owes everybody. So he is compromised and he's going to try to keep everybody happy. I feel sorry for him. Uh, He is absolutely. Now, can I give you my international view of this? Of course, that's what we're doing here. All right. My international view of this is Mexico. I, I love the the um, prime minister down there, the president of Mexico. He goes, oh, wait a minute. Uh, I'm waiting for the attorneys to decide. So he, he's over here saying, uh, I'm not recognizing Biden until the president. All right. Iraq or Iran has already said they are now nuclearizing or or weaponizing nuclear. He's not even sworn in yet. And the the election, his, you know, Trump's body is not even cold yet. 
And they're already going back to the Iran deal where President Obama and Biden dropped off a billion dollars in cash. Uh, they're already going back to it saying, let's, we're going to get another billion dollars in cash by threatening it. So the world politics is already assuming, and China, holy smokes, China is already planning, oh, and then Biden has already said that he's getting back into the uh, Paris uh, uh, Climate Accord. Here's my p opinion on the Paris Climate Good Accord. for oil prices. Uh, do I? Bad politics, good for oil prices. Continue. It, it is, but Donald Trump got out of the Paris Accords because, let me give you the number of countries that are abiding by that zero okay and uh the united states has had the least amount of co2 output in 50 years and of because of the deregulation because the incentives they were working so love them hate him i feel sorry for joe biden um love trump hate trump i feel sorry for trump uh, because of the way things have gone on. I, who, you know, uh, the blue wave did not happen. And I, it's good I for markets. that's the markets like that. And I think you're going to see more of the blue wave, uh, or the red wave happen in, uh, two years. Uh, it, the Biden presidency is going to be Kamala Harris within a week. <laughs> Um, run, run. I'm serious. Uh, Nancy Pelosi has already hinted at the 25th Amendment. Hold on to your flight suits. I have no idea what's going to go on. I feel sorry for OPEC. I feel sorry for Joe Biden. And I feel sorry for Donald Trump. And more, most importantly, I feel sorry for the American citizens. And I wonder who you voted for. Um, I'm just kidding. You don't need to answer that. I'm just making a crack. I think we can all with I think we can all figure out what's. But I think you're you're right on all of that. Do I think that has does that have anything to do with energy? I don't I don't know. I think the global politics of it does. I think the Paris Accord has stuff to do with it. I come down on this, Stu. Everything you just mentioned, I agree with, but it's positive for oil prices. Getting, the more we invest in renewables and the more we mandate lower volumes, it's what the it's what the industry should have been doing itself. It should have been contracting volumes. We don't need 13 million barrels of U.S. output. We need okay, like nine. Michael, take a look at uh, all the majors and then Aramco. All the majors are going green. Aramco, Saudi Aramco, going oil and and, and yeah because so they know what they know higher oil prices are i mean they just i'm very i'm 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 two to four months yeah short oh i'm 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 bearish on oil I'm but when you talk to me in four in four years when this election's up and and whether it's president biden president Harry, whoever it is right. whether whoever they're running is i think oil prices are going to be much higher than they are now oh I much yeah um, I, but that's good for us, isn't it? No. Okay. Why? Uh, OPEC plus Russia, China, 
have wanted to destroy our wonderful oil and gas shale players. Now, our shale players were not managing their money and their drilling properly. You and I have talked about that. They yep. were idiots. Now, that being said, we were energy independent, and we are now going to be dependent on the rest of the world for our energy. So I am a U.S. first guy, and I see some real problems coming around the corner, Michael. And you, and I agree with all of that. It's just hard when I look at the out. What, what, you, you just agreed with me? No. I agree with you. But I, it's like, I agree, but I also disagree with you because for all those reasons, oil price, every unemployed person who's listening to the show might have a job. It ain't. That's the. Yes. Our shale companies are not going to be doing. Now, our natural gas companies, I am big on natural gas. And they're going to survive. They survive. They could thrive. I. I agree. I think I think there's two things we're going to see in a Biden administration. One, we're going to see higher oil prices, because I do think um, some. I mean, I mean, look at what ha- look at what California did. That type of policy is going to be whether it's passed, it's going to be attempted to be implemented. And what does that do? That lowers the amount of volume needed. Well, I, I, we all took economics, but we can go back to the class. When you lower the supply of something. You have to subsequently increase the price to maintain balance. So, yes, we're taking barrels off the market, but if, but if you're producing 13 million barrels a day, and we're net losing money, if at nine million barrels the industry net makes money, well, now we can still, you know, we don't just need to produce for production's sake. Yes, do I think we're going? Do I think the the shift that's going to happen, which he, which we're going to go too far into the renewables game. We're going to go too far into wind. We're going to go too far into solar. Well, I think that's horrible. I think that's and that's for, and that's me, the environmentalist speaking. I think I think I think solar specifically is probably one of the worst environmental inventions due to the footprint you leave. I mean, you don't have to get me started about the images we've seen of of complete countryside wrecked because they had to put up a solar farm. Deserts now are absolute basically trash bins because uh, you know the, the mojave desert uh, sand project if you ever and you guys watch that youtube video from mike Moore. holy smokes what is it like over twenty thousand broken solar panels that are just laying there oh that's sanitary so the environmentalist me does not like the shift to solar because i'm a firm believer that if we do want to go completely clean we can do that using oil and natural gas. And the one thing that I do think you're going to see a bigger investment in is carbon capture, which I'm actually a fan of. And you can call me a lib. You can call me whatever you want. I think I think we have an obligation and can do this right now, basically cause zero emissions and not decrease one iota of oil and gas we produce. Is it going to cost a little more? Yeah, maybe. But that's just what happens. It's a lot cheaper than... Uh... Yeah, it's a lot cheaper than building a solar farm. Uh, the cost per kilowatt hour is what people don't realize is going to happen. And yep. uh, the American public is going to be paying it. And a lot of the American public can't afford it. So. Yeah, I mean. Rut row. Yeah, so. You know, 
I think where the biggest impact to the industry is going to be is going to be on some of these pipelines that are currently in the mix. If we are moving to a more renewables, you know, if, if, if our, you know, if, if the percentage of our electricity and our energy that we generate from renewables increases, <coughs> I think you're go- it's going to be a battle for, I mean, first off, Keystone XL pipeline, I think we can't get it permitted under a Trump administration. So that's probably done. So again, if you own physical midstream infrastructure, yay, bullish on you. Because I don't think you're going to see anymore. It's just supply and demand. I think the, the oil majors are fine. They've already begun the trans transition. They've already begun the, their posturing, as we'll call it. Their their political posturing to go green. I don't think they plan on it. I know that sounds crazy to you. So I'm pulling up Biden's clean energy plan. 100% clean economy, net zero emissions by 2050. Great, that gives me it gives me enough time to get abs. Because for those who are listening, I have pledged to get abs, rock hard six pack abs by the time we go uh, net zero um, clean. Right, so I've got me, till 20. I've got till 2050. We're good. Let me show you a rant that um, uh, Elon Musk is the winner out of all this. Why is that? I tend to agree with you, but I'm interested. Because uh, if everybody is going to say we are going to go carbon neutral, they Elon Musk is going to be selling carbon credits out the wazoo. I mean, people are going to be buying. He could run his company into the ground. And he's going to be profitable on carbon capture or carbon credits. I wouldn't say profitable helps the bottom line. Oh, I, I, I disagree. I think that's going to be one of the biggest product lines he has because he just uh, is putting in a battery recycle plant in uh, China. And guess what? How do you make money shipping these big cotton-picking batteries the size of battleships across the ocean using uh, ships and rare earth minerals that you're tearing apart the the, the poor African... Tesla's one of the best inventions for the oil and gas business and then and, and, and the, and the energy business. Um, credits is going to be... The, I mean, it's almost like... Uh, currency uh bitcoin and everything else that's going to be the next bitcoin is carbon credits and elon musk broke the code man you gotta hand it to him have you ever ridden into tesla uh no they're great cars second oh, I, I think i agree with you but i actually agree with you for a different reason because you have to remember what is elon musk doing he's trying to create a hundred percent electric car but he's also trying to invent a driverless car so it do, so that's where I think he has the advantage over most people. He he might and will crack the driverless where you can sit in the back seat of your car and have a computer drive you. He's going to crack that probably before 2030. It's just inevitable by how much data we're collect. I mean, cuz you think about it, now with all the Teslas on the road, they're collecting all of this data. It's only going to continue to refine itself as computers get smarter, okay? Once he cracks that code, well he just licenses that software, Stu. Now it's a licensing play, and he he gets out of the car business. He gets into the licensing play. That's my guess on where Tesla goes. I think he realizes, 
have an electric car, it's too much work. Batteries, mines, I got to ship cars. I just want to do a software play. Think about it, Stu. My guess. I'm big on SpaceX, too, on Elon Musk's uh, SpaceX, and I think he's going to be one of the main reasons we get a woman on the moon, and I'd like to see Nancy Pelosi be the first one. (laughs) Oh, she missed her flight back. We got to leave her. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. That was... We get around on this podcast too much. It's Monday. It is. So, with that... Whether you like Biden or not, I'm bullish on oil prices over the next four years. So, <laughs> sorry. I agree. I think, yeah. that's every, I think that's everything. Rant done. Um, we miss anything, Stu. I think I'm trying to just look at our news this year. That's, there's a couple of the stories. I just tuned into the Energy News Beat this afternoon, guys. It's our live show on YouTube, Rumble. We'll maybe put it on iTunes at some point. I just, it's a lot of work. More I don't have that kind of time. Also, if you if you have ideas, we want to hear from you. Please get in touch with us. We'll have you on the podcast. We want to hear everybody's side. I don't care if you're Republican, Democrat. I don't care. I want to hear people's side. And I hey, tell us what you think. So let us know. We'll get you in here. We'll figure it out. We'll do an interview with you. I want to talk to people on both sides. Put them on my podcast. Yeah. Yeah, I want to get I want to get Stu and AOC on a podcast. I would love it. I I will I will produce every minute of that and I will stoke the flames on both sides. Hey Stu, she wants to shut you down. Come on, she would be the adult in the room. She would. She would. She would. She would be in the doll the room with both of us, unfortunately, because we're idiots. Um, I think there's no better ways to close the show on calling ourselves idiots. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm still. I, it, <laughs> this just makes me laugh. It would be interesting. I speaking in interviews. We'll talk offline about this, guys. With that, we're gonna let you get out of here and get back to work. Thank you for checking us out. Energy news rants here on the Oil and Gas Show via the world's greatest website, oilandgas360.com. Cue the music for Stuart Turley. I'm Michael Tanner. We'll see you this afternoon. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Do it! Or unsubscribe from this podcast. <laughs>